0: Hello, and welcome back to the Point and left podcast with your hosts, Skylar and Kaylin. Awesome. <laughs> oh my god, guys, we have had the most eventful weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we have just been nonstop watching Barbie movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is what Valentine's Day is about. Yes. All right, watching Barbie movies,
0: intoxicated mm-hmm. with your gals it's a wonderful time so basically if you recall in um i think it was it the last episode um mm-hmm. i have not seen bar or i had not seen barbie princess and the pauper um so of course we had to we had to watch it is so good it's
1: stupid good usually like okay Barbie movies, there's always a tinge of nostalgia to it. Like, you always like, this is the greatest thing ever known to mankind. You say that kind of like as a meme. They are still Barbie movies. They are still toy commercials. They're sometimes cringy. The line mm-hmm. delivery is funny. Whatever. But I'm... So I'm sure that you thought that I must have been exaggerating when I told you that Barbie Princess and the Pauper is a genuinely good movie. You're just like, ha ha, whatever. Mm-hmm. Barbie. I have, a, I have a free Friday afternoon. Why not? I converted
0: you it was so good it was so good guys like i really did not think it like like, it's it's so true i really i was like "Eh, it'll be like a barbie movie like it'll be nostalgic you Mm -hmm. know like it'll be cute whatever it's genuinely good and martin short isn't it (laughs) There's twists and turns. Twists and turns. Continually. In a
1: Barbie movie. The plot is thick in a Barbie movie. The songs are good in a Barbie movie. They did not the come to The sexual
0: tension in the Barbie movie. The sexual tension can sometimes be a lot. <laughs> it was like, I was like squealing. Like I felt like such a like little girl. I was just like, oh my God. And then at the end, not to, like, spoil, um, skip ahead, like, 15 seconds if you haven't haven't seen it. Um, But at the end, um, what? uh, Erica. Erica, yes. Erica doesn't even end up with the guy. She's like, no, now that I'm free, I'm going to, like, go adventure and see the world. And then he's like, okay, I'll be waiting. And I'm like, and then he does. And then they have a double wedding. (laughs) Oh, my God, the double wedding. I will say... Would never have a double wedding. Yeah. Could it be me? Could it but be me? But that's such like little girl best friend. Yeah.
1: It's like, one day we'll get married together yeah. because you can't imagine now when you're a little kid having the most special day without your best friend mm-hmm. there also having their special day. It's such like
0: a little kid friendship moment. It's just perfect. It's, it's genuinely like so well written and I need to see it on Broadway if there are any Broadway I'm producers. You. Like it would be a fabulous Broadway show and I would love it. I would be seated. Yeah, I, I would be set. I, I would simply be sad. Um Yeah, and then and then last night we watched um, we watched Barbie Mermaidia. Still sexual tension, but not the ones that I wanted. Yeah, yeah. It was um, honestly not as good as Princess and the Popper, but still very good. Oh, what is? Um, I know nothing. <laughs> Me nothing watching all care. the Oscars
1: <laughs> contenders for the twenty twenty two Oscars, and I'm like, not as good as Princess and the Popper, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Close oh my God, I second. need to
0: I need to log it in my letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> You're too hot for a letterboxed, Caitlin. That's so not true. That's that's simply not true.
1: I say having
0: one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> only hot bitches. Well, okay, hot bitches. Don't and, say only. Yeah, I'm like hot bitches and like film bros. Like, gremlin film bros have letterboxed, but like when the girlies have a letterbox, it's, it's fine. different. It's different. It's a different experience. Um, okay, we. <laughs> Skylar has disclosed to me that she purchased the TikTok viral pink sauce. I had to... I just... My curiosity got the best
1: of me, frankly. I'm just like, it's right there. It's on the shelf. I'm at Walmart. Why not? You mm-hmm. know, like...
0: And this is... This is the... I, I was very scared at first, to be honest. Um, But it is the shelf-stable, like... Is it FDA approved at this point? Who knows. Um, but it's like been through. It's not just a lady making it out of her house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm putting it in
1: people's mailboxes. Yeah. Go ahead and give that a smell for me.
0: There's definitely ranch in there. We're doing a little taste test. Did we say that? I don't remember. Um, why is it so viscous? Wait. <laughs> Wait. It's like <laughs> Pepto Bismol <pink> too. <laughs> Alright, got your tot. Okay, yeah, we have little tater tots. Oh my god. It's just gonna, I feel like it's just gonna be like ranch. Do we need to cheers? Cheers. It's very ranch heavy, but it's not like good ranch. It's like the Mm -hmm. like sour ranch. It's sweet. Yeah. And spicy. Um. Yeah, that's, mm. that's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is this ingredient list? Wait. Dragon fruit. Dragon fruit puree, canola oil, coconut cream, water sugar. Coconut cream? Mm-hmm. What the? Distilled what? white vinegar, garlic, uh, maltodextrin, ranch flavor. I fucking knew it. I mean, of, of course, like, that's not a hard thing to guess. Mm-mm. Colored with titanium dioxide, preserved with sodium benzoate. Okay. I don't know about this yeah, one, citric Chief. acid contains coconut um yeah not my favorite definitely not my favorite no chick-fil-a sauce mm, unfortunately i wish i wish there was a sauce to compete with chick-fil-a sauce it's so fucking good the polynesian sauce uh anyway yeah how Anywho.
1: how are we even supposed to okay anyway
0: <laughs> anyway
1: um today today we are discussing Oh, I have a segue. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So actually, when we were watching Barbie Mermaidia, mm-hmm. one of the things that I was st- stressing out about, so uh, almost every Barbie movie features like female friendship in some capacity, mm-hmm. right? But for some, the two leads in Barbie Mermaidia were not acting like the friends that they had written in the Barbie movie. They were written to be gay. And every time they were on screen, I was like, come on, gay. Mm-hmm. And then they would like to have a moment. I'm just like, oh my God, are they actually going to be gay? They hold
0: hands. And, they're like, and they are like hold eye contact and it's
1: like... It's enemies to lovers. It's fantastic. Oh, one-sided enemies to lovers. Barbie <laughs> Barbie never has any beef with anybody. Um, and then in the end, shocker, they don't end up together. Yeah. But you know what I would have probably done? I probably would have read some Barbie Mermaidia fan fiction to ease that hole in my heart. And that's what we're talking about today.
0: Oh it's my fan God. fan fiction. That was so good. That was so good. This is a topic very near and <laughs> dear.
1: Stupid, near and dear to us. To our so, hearts. we said way back when during the chronic crushes episode, we were talking about how like we were very romantic kids, mm-hmm. and we needed like media to try to you know fill that gap in our in our hearts. Fan fiction was the easiest method yeah. to do so, because like w- what's easier? You actually going to like your local library, or school's library, and reading like a full length like YA. Mm-hmm. Like romance novel, um, of at the time they were so bad. Yeah, I say that like they're any good, but there's more of them now. Book talk has made like a YA romance renaissance, basically. Mm-hmm. So you sit down, you read a whole full length novel, which I did, or you could read like snippets online and on your phone.
0: Mm-hmm. So you
1: just scroll through your phone reading. Yeah, I was on fiction. my little
0: iPod Touch mm-hmm. on Wattpad reading. reading so it's more pictures. accessible. Yes. Than that. Yes. So fan totally. fiction
1: has raised me. Un- that's why I'm so normal today.
0: <laughs> what um what fandoms were you a part of? Like, oh. what, what what were you into? Fuck. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> I was into British YouTubers. Okay, that's not that so bad. That's not that bad. Okay. I, w- <clears throat> I read so much Dan and Phil, like, fan fiction. Mm-hmm. If anyone remembers, like, the Harry's Twins. I mm-hmm. was obsessed. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my realm. I wasn't really into the, like... World type, like like I wasn't into Harry Potter fan fiction. I wasn't into like yeah. Star Wars. Like I I I was just so in my like British YouTuber phase.
1: And I'll actually get into that, um, like why that's like preferable to a lot of like readers and mm-hmm. how like a lot of franchises will mold themselves mm-hmm. to be more down to earth for for easy readers um and i'll get into my explanation i have to like feel like i have to explain myself why i'm about to say what i'm saying
0: True, my chest.
1: um so glee kurt and blaine only yeah. i wasn't interested in britanna i wasn't interested in Finchel. i wasn't interested in any other ship that glee had to offer because in my eyes they were all so problematic <laughs> because they were mm-hmm. But um, and I'll definitely get into it later. But like the reason I got so heavily into Glee was because so I thought Glee was so bad that any fan fiction would be better than it. Mm. So that's why I consumed so much of it. Because as a kid, I was like, I love Harry Potter, um, but I didn't like reading Harry Potter fan fiction because I'm like, this isn't as good as good as the fucking J.K. Rowling books and and so I'm just like, I'm not interested, but mm-hmm. Glee, I was like, no, no, no. Tell me more about like an AU where these two characters are treated with the respect they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the, the entry for, for fan fiction for me is like, it all, it all depends on again on the world. Are you reading fan fiction right now?
0: Me? Mm-hmm. No, but I am reading, I'm not, yeah. I'm like, I kind of, my fan fiction era was probably like 2012 to, like, well, no, probably, like, 2011 to, like, 2014, maybe 2015. Mm. Um, that was kind of, like, when I was I was in the depths of it. But I am reading, but I do, I love a good, like, cute little romance novel. Like, right now I'm reading this book. It's called, I'm pretty sure it's called, like, Chemistry of Love. And it's about, it's about this, um, like, makeup scientist who um, is, like, in love with her boss and what? Can you show me a cover of what this, <gasps> what you're talking about? Wait,
1: that. Oh, okay. No, it's very similar in title to mm. um, a repackaged RayLo fan fiction. It's like the algorithm of love or something.
0: Oh, yeah. no, this is, um, I, was about, I was about to say, this is a published book. There are many published fan fictions. <laughs> the Love Hypothesis oh no this is called the chemistry of love it like just um got published this month but um yeah you're like on top of it it's about well i like had it pre i don't know kindle was doing this thing i read on my ipad um because (laughs) ipad baby i know i i know so many people they're like i don't understand how you can read on like a kindle or whatever like i love the feeling of a book for whatever reason like physical books overwhelm me Hmm. because i think i focus so much on like finishing it and getting through the pages. So like actually seeing how thick the book is can overwhelm me. But when it's like on an iPad, one, it brings me back to my fucking Wattpad days mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I'm just like on my little iPad reading my Kudos. fan fiction. <laughs> um, so it's easier for me to get through a book on my iPad than like an actual physical book, which I know a lot of people are the opposite. But anyway, The Chemistry of Love. Yeah, it's, it's literally like a little romance novel um, about a yeah a makeup chemist. She's in love with her boss. Um, but then her boss is, um he gets engaged and then his brother, who is like the CEO of the company, who's like incredibly handsome, <laughs> um, gets like together with her. And he's like, cause basically the girl that like her boss it was engaged to is like trying to take over the company and and like is just in it for the money or whatever. So he doesn't want her them to get married. So he's like, this is what's gonna happen. My brother is so jealous of me and he wants everything I want. Cause the girl he's going to marry is is his ex what the hell who he stole um and so he's like we're going to pretend to date oh my god to make my brother jealous oh my and then he's gonna want you and then you guys will fall in love and then the company won't be ruined and everything will be perfect but of course they're going to fall in love we're definitely
1: going to get into this about like fan fiction itself like mm-hmm. bleeding into more popular um like actual movies and yes. TV shows and whatnot. But I think like Bridgerton is like the biggest example of like how fan fiction tropes like will bleed into romance novel tropes, yeah. which will then bleed into adaptations of those romance novels. So like what you're saying, like, we'll pretend to be together, but then we'll fall in love mm-hmm. for
0: real. Oh that my God, was I mean, season
1: one of Bridgerton. Season two suck. is enemies to lovers. Season three is going to be like, I think childhood friends, like misunderstanding, <gasps> communicate, like miscommunication oh to lovers. Yeah. So Eep... I am reading fanfiction right now. I'm in my fanfiction renaissance, and I'm so happy to announce, because it's been a couple episodes since I've brought it up, and it's felt he- empty without it. Oh my god, what are you reading?
0: <laughs> Heartstopper. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know this.
1: <laughs> I, and, again, like, the reason I'm so into Heartstopper fic right now is because Heartstopper is, like, already a slice-of-life story. Mm-hmm. So, like, slice-of-life stories fit in really well to, like, very comfy, cozy, small, bite-sized, little fiction esque stories. So I don't feel like like anything is changing it just feels like i'm getting more heartstopper, which is what mm-hmm. i want until mm-hmm. season two drops for the love of christ netflix i'm on my knees <laughs> tell us when season two is coming out i need to like take a sick day like i'm, I'm yeah. not even fucking with you like i need to take a moment they're gonna announce season two and i'm in like the shower i swear to god they're gonna
0: drop the trailer when i'm mm-hmm. asleep it and it's gonna be my villain origin story I need it. It's so good, guys. Like, it's so good. You don't understand. <laughs> that's
1: why I just... I want more of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, like, the purpose of fan fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Is to, like, expand upon this world um, that you enjoy or characters that you enjoy or, like, fill the gaps that you wish would have happened mm-hmm. in the actual media. Um, so why don't we get into it? Let's get you, into uh, it? Tell us the terminology. Yeah. So just,
1: like... Um... Well, I'm not gonna assume that anyone knows everything. So let's just go into some quick terms. Um, So canon just means that the source material. So if something is canon, that means that it's confirmed, it was in the show, movie, whatever, like it's part of the world building flip side non-canon is not the source material Head Canon is something that you think aligns with canon but it, it isn't actually proven by anyone like you head Canon that this character's like mom died because it makes sense right and like that's how you see the character but like the creator hasn't come out and been like actually yes their mom is dead but that's just something that you yeah in your head it hasn't is been canon. confirmed
0: or denied yeah okay
1: and Fanon is what happens when un- everyone in one fan base has the same headcanon. So, like, fanon is something the fan base at large accepts as canon, but isn't actually supported in the work, which I think is incredibly interesting. Because, like, if you're a fandom that's been around for a very long time, like, sometimes fandom will just agree on something so long that it will then bleed into the actual piece of work itself. If it's If it's enough of an insistent idea mm-hmm. that, like, sometimes the creators will, like, They're not supposed to read fan fiction, actually. It's, like, a really big deal that, like, if you work in a creative, like, if you work in a TV show or, like, a long-form whatever, you are, like, in your contract not supposed to seek out fan fiction because you're not supposed to let fan works influence the actual show itself Mm because otherwise, like, people could get sued or, like, it's a a big mess. But sometimes, like, especially, like, fandoms like Star Trek that have been going on for so long that, like, when a fandom has an idea about, like, what they think that, like, uh, someone's home planet is like, the next reboot, in like a couple or so years, the people that were involved in that fandom now might have a hand in the show. So things that are fan for a long time will sometimes integrate themselves back into the actual show. And that's the power of fandom, baby. Um Smut is just porn. Smut is just, yeah, it's explicitly written word porn, sometimes called a lemon if you're like old- and you still tag your things as Lemon because of the good old days. And ship is just short for a relationship, a couple that you like. Um, yeah, so it's like, stop sinking holes in my ship. It's like, stop making fun of this couple that I like. Mm-hmm. The ship wars are, you know, like, I think so-and-so belongs with this person. Well, I think so-and-so belongs in this person. And then, like, Tumblr fights galore. But anyway, that's some quick terminology. Let's go into, because uh, fan fiction is not a new problem. It's not, It's older than the internet. Yeah. Guys, it's as old as, like, the written word.
0: <gasps> yeah. Okay, we're gonna get into <laughs> the history, Um, which we were talking earlier. We both kind of went places with this, like, prompt that we weren't really expecting to go. And I knew I kind of wanted to do, like, the history of fan fiction, but I didn't truly realize, like, just how much there is until I like started researching it and it's really interesting. Um, so I had like two main sources that I used, um, honestly, the main one was actually another podcast episode, um, it is called and Fanfic, that's the podcast, and the episode is Fanfiction History with the Fanfic Maverick Podcast Part 1. It is like two and a half hours, so I only listened to like half of it, um, but lots of good information in there. And then there was also an Atlantic article, um, called Fanfiction Was Just as sexual in the 1700s as it is today. (laughs) Um, And there's a quote from that that says, almost as soon as people started writing modern novels, readers began to find ways to continue the adventures of their favorite characters and share those stories with other enthusiasts. Um, So this is like not a new concept. Obviously, like the terminology of like fan fiction is is newer. Mm -hmm. um, But this is like arguably fanfic, and, and also kind of while doing this research, I was like, okay, what is the difference between, like, an adaptation or, like, deriving an idea from another piece of work and, like, fan mm-hmm. Um So the first couple examples, like, they're not really fanfiction, but it's kind of fun to, like, think about it like that. Um, so in 21... 100 BC, the Epic of Gilgamesh um, is, like, estimated to have been around then, um, which was greatly inspired by, like, Mesopotamian mythology. Mm -hmm. So you could kind of argue that, like, that was an expansion of the, like, mythology that was already around during that time. Um, And Dante's The Divine Comedy, like... Mm -hmm bible fan fiction question mark um and then same with paradox paradox oh my god paradise lost like more bible fan fiction obviously it's not like fan fiction fan fiction but like it's inspired by
1: the works yeah same what i was saying about like fanon being accepted into the main canon is like um dante's inferno and paradise lost are two things that like actual religious people will cite as Mm -hmm. like religious texts and people like that's bible fanfic that is not the bible but it's been around the same circles as the bible for so mm-hmm. long that some people are like when they quote something they're like think it's from the bible but it's from paradise lost it's like explaining hell but it's explaining hell from like dante's inferno yes
0: yeah yeah which i i like i don't know i had never really considered like fan fiction in that context and mm-hmm. i was like oh, wait that's so interesting and then did you know i did not know this but romeo and julia is a fan fiction pardon Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet <laughs> is based on a poem, The Tragical History of Romeus and Juliet by, um, Arthur Brooke, which was published in 1562. And then Romeo and Juliet came out in 1597. <gasps> like it's literally fan fiction of this poem. William.
1: I know. William Shakespeare's for the girlies.
0: <laughs> um, and so that's just like kind of what was happening like really early on. Um, but like fan fiction, kind of like as we know it, um, actually got its start in the 18th century, interestingly enough. Um, and most recognizably after Gulliver's Travels was published, mm. which was in 1726. Um, there was actually um, a. Um, et- etcher something. I don't, like, I can't, I can't remember the word. I should have written it down. Um, but it, it was, like, this artist, um, who he, like, etched drawings and stuff. Um, and he made this, like, etching of, um, Gulliver, like, getting an enema by, like, the little small people. Oh my god. Oh! <gasps> It was literally like direct fan art because like that didn't fucking happen in Gulliver's Travels. But someone is taking this work and they are creating art with the characters within the world of like something. That Gulliver's didn't Travels, happen. good.
1: What would what would it look like if Gulliver had something
0: shoved up his ass? Literally, literally, uh... and you can see he's like behind a curtain kind of, but you can see his little butt cheeks. Oh and Jesus have, Christ! And they have the people like
1: putting it's like a hose or something. <laughs> Bitches be horny
0: um, um, and people people wrote um like fan fiction expanding on the world too um, during that time. So that's kind of like the oldest like, example of of what we would consider like modern fan art, fan fiction and like fandom Mm -hmm. in in general. Um, And then in 1740, Samuel Richardson published a novel called Pamela um, and it was about a maid who um, was like indentured to her like sexy boss Um, and nothing explicit, nothing like explicit happened in the original novel, Mm -hmm. but because that tension was there, people needed to like fill that gap. So they literally wrote like fan fiction on this novel from 1740, where like the maid and her boss like end up getting together. Um, And a man named Henry Fielding wrote a direct fan fiction called um, Shamala. Where Pamela and her mother like plan to, to like entrap him and like steal his wealth. Um, with her, like, sexuality. Um, and there's also a full-length novel where they do a gender swap. Oh my god! Where it's Pamela's brother, um, who's resisting the seduction of, like, the older land-owning lady who's, like, the original guy's sister. So they do, like, a full gender swap on it, and it's, like, a full fucking novel. So from then, from 1740, we're gonna skip ahead to the 1960s. Big jump, but yeah, know, I'll, big, I'm with you. Big jump, but, but just realized during that time like fan fiction of like modern works was was probably happening during that time. I yeah. imagine there was like so much fan fiction in like um, diaries. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: personal journals.
0: Exactly. The family
1: like when they died they looked at them and were like, "No, for her sake and for her dignity, we shall burn these."
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so then in the 1960s, obviously this was a time of kind of like sexual liberal liberalization,
1: um liberation or liberalization
0: liberation i was reading a <laughs> quote i'll just read the quote modern fan fiction i was trying to make it my own and i it doesn't i'm <laughs> inventing a word how um, fanficy of you i fanfic the, the- liberalizations in the quote but oh. it's i was not using it correctly I so see. you're so right um but modern fan fiction's version of this exploration comes at a time when liberalization around mm-hmm. sexual preferences practices and identities likewise make it useful for auditioning sus- oh my god auditioning socially costly decisions and roles in less risky environments than real life yeah so obviously in the 1960s like star trek was fucking huge Mm -hmm. um and so many people were writing like kirk and spock romances as they should um and kind of like exploring that idea of of like homosexuality being represented in media, which mm-hmm. is like obviously something that wasn't really happening yeah, in the 1960s. Yeah, Star Trek had
1: to like pull teeth to get the first interracial kiss on TV. Yeah. You think they were gonna do gay? They would their the network would have been burnt down. Yeah. But fan fiction, you could easily do that in the safety and comfort of like not airing it on television. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well and so many of those fans and it's interesting how popular that is because it really like shows how so many of those of the so so much of the fandom like really felt like the tension between those characters and kind of wanted to like fill in between, you Mm -hmm. know, between the lines. Um, and then also during that time, obviously this is like pre-internet. Um, so the way that people would actually, I'm just going to say women, women, Mm -hmm. because like fan fiction and kind of fandom in general is predominantly like a female run, Movement, queer accepting space yes yes exactly and they would like make these zines full of like fan fiction and fan art and stuff like that and they would like give them away at at conventions and stuff um and this was something that like so many people loved and loved consuming mm-hmm. and it just kind of like grew from there um and i, and I think especially like just real quickly like a, a reason why So many women are, I think, attracted to fan fiction and specifically like romance fan fiction and like ships and and, and things like that is because like, well, and specifically like smut work Mm. is because obviously like the porn industry is so exploitive and like can be abusive towards women and just like not meant for women's consumption. Like it's, it's just never created for women's consumption. Um, and, and like, there's none of that like relationship building that I think for a lot of women is like, so
1: integral to the romance aspect of it.
0: Yes. So then like written smut or romance novels are like so much more enjoyable, especially when you're like expanding across like relationships and worlds that you're already familiar with, that you already have like that familiarity with, Um, and where like those tensions are already existing. Mm -hmm. Um, So then in the 1980s and 90s um, comes like the invention of the computer. Um, And and in the beginning, obviously like people didn't really have like household computers. Um, So mostly like college students or even professors who had access to computers through like their um, institutions, they would use a platform called Usenet. Um, And it was basically like a giant forum where people would post articles, have discussions. It was kind of like a Reddit type thing. Um, and there were like message boards and you could like join different groups that you were interested in and kind of like build community through there. And fan fiction and fandom like really grew on that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the late 90s and early 2000s, household computers became like much more accessible and popular. Um, and it allowed greater access to like those online communities. So in in the 90s and 2000s, like this is where fandom is becoming much more accessible Mm -hmm. to like the average person um and i think a lot of times people like don't know it's there like or at least previously like didn't really know it was there unless they were seeking it out
1: yeah and then you saw like a convention and you could just like point and laugh at like how crazy these star wars nerds are they're Mm -hmm. dressing up as their favorite character in public weird huh
0: well but then once it becomes like more accessible mm-hmm. you you have like like the fandoms are just like growing exponentially yeah. um so then in 1998 fanfiction.net was created um and this was like one of the first websites that was like dedicated to fan fiction mm-hmm. um and there were there were like certain platforms before that like lots of fan fiction like circulated on but like obviously fanfiction.net like you're only going there for one reason. Yeah. Um and and this was also the first like automated fanfiction site which was mm. huge because um creators or fans could just like kind of post updates to their stories or like edits or whatever and they can like upload that themselves um in in kind of like the way that we that we would do on, like, social media now. Um, whereas previously, if you wanted to make an edit or you wanted to, like, upload a new chapter or, or you wanted to do anything, you would have to get in contact or, like, email the, the specific... Admin? Yes, yeah, yeah, the specific person who was, like, doing the programming of the site and then they would have to go in and, like, code it Oof. and all that. So it was huge that this was... Automated because obviously like previously you would have delays of like days or weeks of getting these updates and these edits where now like creators and fans, it's kind of like a free for all in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and previous to this as well, fan fiction sites were typically run by like a specific person or group. So like you would have sites dedicated to like... Um, Star Trek or to X-Files or something like that. But Mm -hmm. there wasn't really a site where you could just go and find like whatever all any and all fan fiction. So this was huge, too, because there was like a search bar where you Mm. could just kind of search what you like what you were looking for. And then it would like populate. um, Whereas before there would be like a menu that you can navigate to and you can actually like search exactly what you're looking for. Um, And in 2002... Fanfiction.net started doing widespread bans of mm. content. Um, they started removing all Anne Rice content. We were talking she about is. this. We were talking about this before we started recording. Um, but Anne Rice, she she wrote, um, oh my God, The Fucking Vampire. Interview with a Vampire. Yes, Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> um, and she is like publicly and adamantly like against all fan fiction and like specifically fanfiction of like her work. Like she doesn't find it. Uh, enjoyable at all? She thinks it's like rude, and-, and she thinks it's theft. Yes, yes. And
1: like she was not alone in this. Like the reason that I think. Um- people hog on fanfiction.net for being like buggy and you know sometimes like out of date and sometimes i just want to like shake the young ones and just be like you weren't there like mm-hmm. there was a time when like you could get sued like threatened like a defamation sued by like a creator of your work because they're like you do not have the rights to own any of my characters take mm-hmm. this down like you're disrespecting me and my entire cre- and like you can tell sometimes even now like i go on ao3 which is like archive of our own the triple o mm-hmm. um and sometimes, like, you can tell when a when an author has been through that and they're older because they'll put, like, I do not own the rights to any of these characters in the body. You don't have to do that anymore because mm-hmm. now, like, um, fair use is, like, yeah. you're transformative. You're transforming the work into your own whatever. It's obviously fan content at that point. But you can tell, like, some people are just so careful because they remember it was so treacherous to... Write and sometimes consume fan fiction because authors were like, "This is my work. Yeah, like, you're, you're you're cheapening. My ideas. You're cheapening my world. You don't you don't get it." And it's funny that you even mention Interview with the Vampire with Anne Rice because they did like they rebooted Interview with the Vampire, and it's canonically in the show the most popular gay ship on fan fiction. And I'm just like Anne Rice, you cheeky bitch. We got you in the yeah, end. Like, yeah, she was so against the idea that like her two main people were like would be explicitly gay, and then in
0: the show they fuck. And I'm just like, hmm, hmm, Anne, interesting. interesting. interesting um but so so fanfiction.net started doing um widespread bans of like any Anne Rice content or Anne Rice like based content because otherwise their
1: site would get taken down and it would ruin it for everybody
0: yes and they also started doing widespread bans of explicit content yeah um so this is kind of when the like um citrus rating system Mm -hmm. came in um came into effect do you do you kind of want to explain what that is yeah
1: so um you had kind of, I don't know, so, like, it's super well, because this was a little bit before my time. But basically, like, if you wanted to include explicitly written um, stuff in your work, you couldn't tag it as such, but you still couldn't, like, spring it on people. Because, like, it's irresponsible to tag things incorrectly, um, especially, like, depending on, like, the different ages. Um, I think, you know, not that it's heavily enforced or anything. Mm-hmm. Like fanfiction.net and AO3 are like, are you above 18? you just be like, yes. yes. <laughs> but um, at the time, they're just like, okay, if it's, if it's smut, you have to tag it as smut. But if you tag it as smut, then it will get taken down. Yeah. So that's when the citrus rating system, like you said. So if it was smut, it was a lemon. Lemon was like the most sour. And then it kind of like went from there. Yeah. And like other like... I think
0: there was like lime and grapefruit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was just like, it, if you knew, you knew you just kind of had to deal around like the yeah. code words, It's kind of like how on tiktok you have to say unalive instead of died because yeah. then tiktok will take your video down or like not or like demonetize it or something mm-hmm. you have to use like um essay because you can't say sexual assault like it's just it's the same vibe like you might, you need to use code words mm-hmm. in order for the algorithm to not get you taken down and yeah so people a lot of people are like what is a lemon and i'm like oh because now we don't have to do that. Now yeah. like that tagging system is out of, you can just say like, this is smut, this is explicit. Um, on AO3, you can separate it by like rating system. Mm-hmm. So if you want it to be explicit, mature, everyone, rated E for everyone, you can, um, but you don't have to tag it as lemon anymore. But that mm-hmm. was just kind of like a period of time when like um, peop- like smut had to go into hiding.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, And so, so during this time, because of all these bans, a lot of people moved over from fanfiction.net to live journal, yep. um, because that was where they could like freely express themselves without getting taken down from mm-hmm. from the site. So there was kind of a shift from um, fanfiction.net. But she was the OG. And yes, we respect her for it yeah um and then in 2005 doctor who got oh reverted. dear christ <laughs> and after the first season david Tennant became the yep. tenth doctor so he did um and he was the doctor for a couple of years mm-hmm.
1: um he and, was the longest
0: doctor they had, had yeah and
1: at least in the modern reiteration he did not want to give up as comparatively the ninth doctor again was only around for one season yeah. and so they kind of figured that it would go on kind of that way, like after one or two seasons, like the doctor would mm-hmm. regenerate, bring forth someone else. But no, David Tennant was like, No, I want to keep doing this forever. And even like his last words to the doctor was like, I don't want to go.
0: Yeah. He he was a doctor for so long. And I would say he's he's arguably one of the most recognizable Yeah. Even doctors. today
1: you look at David Tennant, and you're like, Oh my God, isn't that Doctor Who? Yes. Like And he's proud of it too. He's back. He's the doctor again.
0: Wait, really? At least I've not been
1: keeping up. I don't at know. At least for the Christmas special he is. Like he made a oh. cameo um
0: I love to that. usher forth
1: like the new, new,
0: new, new era. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so interesting. Well, and I'm not like super, I did watch a little bit of Doctor Who when I was a oh kid. God. Um, just because my dad was really into it. And I was like, I want to bond with you. And so I started watching Doctor Who. Um, and um, he, so I'm not super familiar with like all of the doctors and stuff, but like Good for you. previously, it's a lot of the doctors were kind of like older and like they weren't quite as like, charming and, like, like funny the way the way that, like, David Tennant is.
1: Yeah. Actually, um, this is a real criticism that, like, because Doctor Who has been a TV show since the 60s. Yeah. This is, like, a real criticism that, like, fans of Old Who have. Oh, interesting. Is because in the – it used to be very much, like, the Doctor and his companion, it was less, like, his girlfriend and more of, like, his niece. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it actually was his niece. Or, like, it would be, like, an old man teaching you, like, about, like, the history of Britain – because it's always Britain, or, like, an alien, but it would be, like, like quirky older man takes younger youth mm-hmm. around and, like, teaches them about, like, whatever and entertains them. And around 2005, the first companion was Rose Tyler, who I still read Rose doctor fan fiction. <laughs> Don't, whatever. So starting with 2005, it was that the new who now is a shift where every companion has some sort of romantic implication with the doctor. So it was a shift. So, like, old Was fans- Rose the
0: blonde one? Yes. Okay.
1: She was the love interest for the ninth Doctor. Mm-hmm. And then she was the love interest for the 10th Doctor. When she had to leave, they replaced him with another, in, like, woman that was in love with the mm-hmm. David Tennant. It's always just been, like, a theme. They haven't always ended up together or anything. In fact, like, due to the nature of the show, the Doctor can't really end up with anyone. But romance, like, the Doctor's love life now became, like, a central theme mm-hmm. with the reboot, which was not even a thing. So I think 2005... um, the show was like written for like a fan fiction yes. vibe in mind because yeah. then it was way more romance based than the old show had ever been.
0: There was a shift. <laughs> yeah. There was a shift. You're like I don't know
1: much about Doctor Who, in and I'm like, breeze. and I.
0: <laughs> well, like this was kind of one of one of the first like like he you know he's like charming and like quirky and handsome and, and way like,
1: younger and the yes. and the com- and the companions
0: were also like, a, like comparable in age um so of course this prompted so much fucking fan fiction and this alongside i think it's really interesting because i think that the rise of fan fiction really truly happened in like the early 2000s to like i mean obviously fan fiction is still a thing but like early 2000s to like 2000 like 12 or whatever was kind of like the ramping up and where it really started getting like general circulation. Yeah. It was um, huge. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so Doctor Who was a huge part of this because it had such a huge fandom. And I think the reboot of Doctor Who with David Tennant coupled with the um like accessibility of home computers and like websites and And the bbc in general yeah yeah as media
1: became global
0: yes yes all of those elements really like facilitated fan fiction becoming so widespread Mm -hmm. um so then in 2006 wattpad launched psychic damage <laughs> which which i was a wattpad user wattpad we and hated you wattpad and tumblr <laughs> were like the only sites that i got fanfiction from mm. um i honestly didn't even know about like i'm ugh, i'm such a fake i'm sorry guys um i didn't even know about like fanfiction.net until like this episode really yeah yeah that's incredible i know i just knew wattpad and tumblr like Uh, those were my things
1: tumblr was my was my jump off spot too mine was ao3 just because like the Mm -hmm. tagging system was way more accessible and i think a lot fanfiction.net site design at least the last time i was on it was definitely still like stuck in that early 2000s like um Mm -hmm. (laughs) dial-up internet whatever i'm sure they've improved um and also just like the the vibes at archive of our own were way more like the tagging system was way better. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to accidentally like read something you didn't want to read because the author didn't tag it properly. Like everyone at AO3 is way more down to like tagging everything and telling you what their actual story is going to be about. So Mm -hmm. you don't like accidentally read something. You're like, I didn't, hey, you did not tell me this. Your breeding kink was in this one.
0: (laughs) Well, I think because I was reading like YouTuber fan fiction and Uh, stuff, it wasn't really on those larger sites that were more targeting like kind of like older audiences mm-hmm. um and you got more... that tween age tween each crowd. exactly exactly and, and that's kind of where like we would go like wattpad and tumblr was kind of like for that so in 2006 wattpad launched and then 2007 tumblr launched and
1: skylar would never be the same
0: and in 2007 the first iphone was released so again like prepare all for trouble these...
1: and make it double <laughs> <laughs>
0: All of these, all of these elements, I think, like and and like technological advancements really worked to like push fan fiction and fandom to like where it is. And then in 2010, Sherlock aired. Oh, dear and Christ. in 2010, One Direction was formed. You're really just like shooting me with bullets from yes. a gun.
1: It's <laughs> yes. Like, Doctor Who. Boom. Sherlock. <laughs> boom, One direction. Boom, boom,
0: and I'm like to the scalp. I don't know if it was just because that was kind of the era that like i was really into fan fiction during um but to me it really feels like those moments like the doctor who reboot the iphone release or or sherlock airing and one direction like those grasped such large audiences that like like it was just like such a cultural moment you had to be
1: there the The thought that three fandoms were so large on Tumblr that one giant galaxy-brained individual went, why can't we just combine one mm-hmm. into a supernatural Doctor Who, Sherlock fandom, super Who-lock? Yeah. And me. <laughs> I thought that that was the most brilliant thing anyone had yeah. ever done.
0: Well, and that was so interesting, too, was because you had all of these different shows and like they they all kind of had their like fantasy elements to them or like science fiction elements to them. Um, but like all of those separate, like, shows being combined into one fandom and and creating content where like worlds collide um where it was the first like end game it was the first yeah like, oh my god they're meeting yeah and i don't i don't know i just think that's such a cool like cultural moment where, yeah. where where like you have such a huge fandom of like all of these different things coming together to like create one and to create all of this content that is like incorporating elements from all of these different shows. I, it's just, it, it's just so interesting. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, of course in 2010, I think this was really, and, and probably a little bit earlier, but I think 2010, you can pretty solidly say that like, Everyone had either a laptop or a smartphone mm-hmm. um, during that time, making the online worlds of fandom and fan fiction accessible to, like, basically every household in, like, the U.S., Canada, U.K., um, and, and, like, other areas, of course. So that, I think all of that has kind of led us to where we are we today are. um and of course more more fandoms and fan fiction is like still being created mm-hmm. um but i think obviously like, yeah <laughs> but i think like those that was really the time the like 2000 to like 2010 mm-hmm. was the time of like this mass growth uh, uh, occurring yeah
1: you, you had to be there and by that yeah. i mean you shouldn't have ever been there it was awful <laughs> um but yeah i kind of want to get into like fan fiction culture like as it stands right now mm-hmm. um just kind of how because it's still th- it's thriving probably more thrivy than it has been it's getting a re- it's like big renaissance frankly so like fan fiction like by its very nature is gluttonous like we were talking about earlier it's just like fans of whatever property they see something they would like to see more of but the work itself is lacking so they just take matters into their own hands um So yeah, it's like, it's a shameless pandering to the heart, which makes Mm -hmm. it like junk food to read. And so like 90% of fan fiction follows the same formulaic plots, because this is supposed to be easy to read bits of books, like we aren't reinventing the wheel here mm-hmm. and fan fiction is character and emotionally beat driven by design like some have plot we will definitely get into that and but like remember the reason fan fiction exists is to satisfy satisfy oh my god i can't talk satisfy the needs of readers mm-hmm. looking for more from their favorite book tv show boy band <laughs> etc et so if someone is writing like game of thrones fan fiction right they're usually not trying to write the last book like george R R martin would you with like these big plots and political upheaval and like knee-deep lore Mm -hmm. they'll focus on their favorite characters having moments to themselves mostly having sex running away together easier smaller to digest pieces that put the heavy plot on the back burner so fan fiction is character based because that's why we're here if you wanted more plot you would just wait for the next book but you're obviously attached to the characters so you just want to see what the characters are doing where the characters will go next Mm -hmm. um and so to make it easier for everyone the most popular genre of fan fiction is au or alternative universe so the more complicated that the original work is, the more difficult it is to write fanfiction around that to make it fit, like, into that world. Um, so they'll, like, take these characters and put them into a more manageable, easier world to, like, write and to read. So, like, Lord of the Rings AU, where they're all in college, or Frodo's a barista and Samwise is a baker, or, like, One Direction in, like, a fantasy world where Harry Styles is a wizard mm. and, like, Zayn Malik is a bard. Like, um, it's easier to manage... You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it also makes it, like, a fun creativity exercise for you because you get to imagine, like, your favorite people, your favorite characters in, like, a brand new setting that they've never been before, so it's easier to write, to read. Plus, it can, like – it makes it more exciting for your audience. Like, you can only read so many Harry Potter fan fictions where it's, like, studying for my owls in the halls of Hogwarts and then we'll go to Hogsmeade. It's, like, (laughs) we get it. Or, like, One Direction fanfiction where, like, Niall Horan is, like, ah, paparazzi, when will (laughs) – like – after a while, you're like, we get it. Yeah. Like, we we get the usual stuff. And so it's nice to kind of, like, break up and, like, use your imagination to see what different, like, universes that your favorite characters could, like, thrive in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also can be really helpful, AUs can be, if there's a lot of tragedy in the canon storyline or if your favorite character died. You know, like, it's nice to imagine a universe where they're all comfy and cozy and taken care of and, like, relaxed and nobody dies. Like, it can be kind of funny, like, or cringe to be, like, Five Nights at Freddy fan fiction where, like everyone is happy and thriving and they're they're all in like a high school art class you're like this is cringy but like Mm -hmm. for them it's just like no it's all my favorite characters and none of that crazy sad stuff like attack on titan au where again like they they're like in a like competition to who can make the best like pizza (laughs) who will win levi Uh (laughs) or or aaron yeager but it's fun for them because it can be, like, a relaxing bit to, like, make their brains be, like, no, finally a world where, like, my favorite characters aren't, like, screaming and sad and traumatized. Everyone is happy. A.U.'s can also increase, like, the soulmate feeling of, like, your favorite couple. If the bottom line is in every universe, in every circumstance, your favorite couple will still fall in love. Like, they'll find each other in uh-huh. any world. Like, that. that's... That's if you so yeah, if you're really deep into one ship and you keep like looking at AUs where like no matter what they'll end up together, it can definitely like it'll give you that squee factor. <laughs> and <laughs> this is what I this is what I explained myself <laughs> how I got into fanfiction in the first place was glee. So um, here's my thoughts on Glee, frankly. So Glee started off as like a satirical, obnoxious, like early 2000s mean comedy, but then they got high off their own fumes because they had like one really good storyline about Kurt coming out to his dad and they got high off their own praise. So then they felt the need to combine their like over the top, like operatic drama with sincere attempts at like serious topics and like serious characters. So my teenage heart got viscerally emotionally attached to kurt and blaine and i got heartbroken every week seeing what like i thought was like character assassination or like the world's m- she the world's <laughs> most like stupid decisions being put to tv mm-hmm. i would tune in every week to scream or yell or squee when they finally got something right like i they literally had me by the balls and like have were you, just dragging me around
0: have you told the story of when you broke your couch watching <laughs> <Logically. laughs>
1: no i haven't fuck me um no i was so into so there is i don't even know the exact episode too so kurt and blaine had broken up that season and it was a wedding it was a valentine's day episode and suddenly you see that two people are making out in the back of a car and you see kurt's head pop up and at the time i like i froze because i'm just like oh no what are they gonna do and then suddenly Blaine's head pops into frame and I literally jumped like I was sitting down kind of on the couch, kind of like I am. I jumped up so high, screamed and like covered my mouth with my hands, fell backwards and you hear this loud crack. And my mom goes, she pauses the, she goes, what the fuck was that? I had broken the foundations of my couch because I was so shocked that Kurt and Blaine got back together. Um... (gasps)
0: Oh
1: my god, it was a blood, Glee was literally designed to like entrap dramatic hormone ridden teenagers, like everything about it. It was a jukebox musical. It was a bloodbath. Um, So like every week the Glee fandom would write fix it fix. So like AUs were like bad decisions that the show writers gave them never happened. So fan fiction became a way of like rewriting the episodes that we thought were bad or like taking the potential of the show that we thought wasn't being lived up to and just writing like fix it mm-hmm. fan fiction. Um, so that's how I got into it because I thought that the bar was so low. Again, like I said, like Glee was so whack that like every fan fiction was better than the original source material. Um, and I was so, so deep into it. Um so yeah, sometimes like we have all this AU, right? Sometimes um, we have emotionally attached writers sitting down, spending hours, months, sometimes years of their lives writing stories about their favorite ship or show or boy band or whatever. And it, sometimes what happens, they get so deep into it, so deep into like their own original like AU that it's essentially just totally divorced from the original source material and manifests into its own original novel. Like some people driven by the love of like their own fan base will write George RR Martin level plot, (laughs) lore, invent an entire world for these characters to exist in like twists and turns, like Mm -hmm. keep you on the edge of your well-written stuff. That can be worth 500,000 words long. There is a super Smash Brothers fan fiction out there with more words than the Bible. Did you read? No. How many words do you think is in a Super Smash Brothers fanfiction? Nintendo. Give me a word
0: count. Oh my god. I don't know, like...
1: 100,000. 7,296,586 words. It is the longest piece of literature ever recorded by man.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah. What could possibly happen? What? <laughs> yeah. People
1: are insane. With love. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was gonna say, all the other ghosts is a claim AU where the Glee cast is superheroes. All of the Glee cast has superpowers, and they're all in New York. And it is one of the most like in-depth exploration of like superpowers corrupting power humanity that i have ever read in my life and it is a glee fan fiction where the glee cast have superpowers but at that point it's just so different from where we started that like you might as well just write your own thing yeah and if you're an author who's written thousands of words about like a complicated au so far removed from that source material with like already pre-established millions of readers why don't you just change the names and publish it under a different title and with a different whatever okay so famously i feel like everyone knows this but if you don't 50 shades of gray is quite famously a repackaged twilight fan fiction where someone was like "Ooh, edward and bella but what if in my au um edward is like a rich ceo and bella is just his hot new secretary and then they fall in love with bdsm question mark the bdsm is horrendously written by the way i do not endorse any of this But that's what happened it was it was different enough that she was able to change the names and repackage it Mm. after is another did you read after no but i had i didn't but i had people that i went to see the movie with who did (gasps) read it genuinely and we saw it in theaters and i had to sit there and pretend like i couldn't i couldn't make fun of it they would get mad at me they were genuinely fans of after i couldn't make fun of it Kaylin. i paid money to see after in theaters
0: that's horrible. I'm so sorry. But
1: after was a Wattpad original mm-hmm. that turned into uh, it was a Harry actual, Styles fanfic, actual published book. It was not only the Harry Styles, it was One Direction College AU,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where instead of and the name changing, like okay Edward to Christian, that's a good name mm-hmm. change. Bella to Anastasia, good name change. Harry Styles to Harden Scott is a horrific name change. Zane to Zed, I'm gonna kill you with my yeah. bare hands. The movie, the guy that they got to play Harden Scott is doing a Harry Styles voice impression and they gave him Harry Styles' tattoos. Like, he has, a butterf- oh he has a butterfly tattoo on his chest. He has, like, like, an anchor on his arm. Like, he has Harry Styles' sleeve and, like, sleeves and, like, chest tattoo. They were not being subtle about yeah. what the point
0: of this whole thing was. But um, that was after. I, so I did read after. Thoughts? I read, I only read the first one. There's, like, three. Mm-hmm. There's, like, three of them.
1: Um, it was, like I, after
0: after we met, after we collided. Yeah. Hap- happily ever after happily ever i read it um so i read it while it was on wattpad i read it pre like published book i was too young too um so after is like it's a smut yeah heavy fanfic um and it's also like abusive relationship like it's not good it is
1: horrifically abusive their
0: relationship is not good like in any way and I was literally oh my god I had to have been 12 or 13 like reading fucking after like fan fiction but I think because I was just like so hormonal and Mm -hmm. like animalistic yes yeah (laughs) that like I would take whatever I could get and it was like what Wattpad had, like, pushed because it was so popular. Yeah. And I think I was kind of, like, what the fuck is up with this book that it is, like, this popular? Mm-hmm. And then I, like, started reading it, and I I couldn't stop. I couldn't put it down. But now, looking back, I'm like, holy shit. Why did... <laughs> because at the time, I was like, because if you don't know, after, it's very, like, he, um... Pardon Scott, or whatever. Um, is, Not Harry Styles. Yeah, is, like, this bad boy who, like, hates everyone. He's, like, a jerk, an asshole. Um, and He's got then, a tragic backstory. Yeah, and he, like, makes this bet to take the main girl's, like, virginity. Such a
1: fanfiction plot. Yeah,
0: it's, like, this whole thing. It's really fucking gross um keeps her like bloody underwear as proof yeah as proof yeah it's it's really fucking gross but then like he ends up actually caring for her and it's very like oh he's so mean to everyone else but like he's nice to me which is just like a horrible tessa. trope um what her name is tessa 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 um fucking yeah Trevor. <laughs> it's, it's like a horrible trope um yeah but i was literally like 12 years old like yep. reading that um not good for my brain development probably.
1: absolutely not um like i said earlier the love hypothesis was mm-hmm. is a re-po- like repackaged reylo fan fiction and if you look at the cover art they are not even being subtle about it like the cover art is like basically fan art of kylo ren and rey from mm-hmm. star wars like they're we we all know what we're coming here for i didn't know this the mortal instrument city of bones was a harry potter fan fiction
0: oh my god so when they were like
1: in that moment of mortal instruments where they're like oh my god are we siblings? So spoilers for the Mortal Instruments Synod of Bones, one of the most popular ships, they pulled like an 11th hour twist and they just revealed that like they were siblings the
0: whole time. Is this a movie? Did they make it into a movie? Yeah, they did. And then also a TV show. Does it have... who's? Because I, mean, I feel like I've watched this, but I feel like it's one of those shows that I only... Or like movies that I only watched once when it like came out. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, no, I have not seen this. Wait, what is this? So this is
1: the movie and the tv show yeah shadow hunters but those are just like you know hey i wrote fan fiction let me rechange the names and republish under a different name Mm -hmm. profit and sometimes um like just original fan fiction will will happen um where it's like a wattpad original wattpad exclusive Mm -hmm. and sometimes like that's just fan fiction of like i'm just a girl um with and here's like a story of my like sometimes wattpad was enough where like you didn't have to have like it be based on like a preexisting work. It could just be like a really poorly written story and it would get the same like tween age cred. So like Kissing Booth. Yeah. Wattpad original. It's three movies now and you can totally fucking tell. Um, Light as a Feather. I don't know if you've seen that. That's a mm-hmm. Wattpad original. Perfect Addiction is coming out. That was a Wattpad original. The Idea of You is an upcoming movie starring Anne Hathaway based on a Wattpad story about a mom taking her teenage daughter to Coachella and the mom falls in love with Harry Styles. The joke being that, like, at the time, Harry was, like, famous for, quote, unquote, dating older women. The word we use for now is groomed. But, like, Mm -hmm. at the time, um, some author, some mom was like, Harry Styles dates older women? I'm on it.
0: Wait, I kind of need to see. I kind (laughs) of need to see that. (laughs) You're part of the problem. (laughs) Okay, you can't put Anne Hathaway in a movie (laughs) and expect me not to want to see it. Anne Hathaway
1: and whoever they get to mimic Harry Styles next. (laughs) Dude, people keep asking Harry, like, Harry Styles, what do you think about after? And he's like, next question. Like, what what do you think he's going to say? I love it. I, yeah, I, I want to cambio in sure the next one. I'm sure it makes one. him deeply fucking uncomfortable. Like this is what you think I am. Yeah, author. This is who you think I am. Some some chauvinistic, abusive ass. Yeah. Thanks. So like we've established that fan fiction is a place where it's the, just giving into the impulses of the public. Like kink is welcomed here more like exploring the taboo relationships Mm -hmm. are explored here like cliched storylines are kind of accepted because it's fan fiction like okay if you wanted something more substantial like know what you're getting into like this is a free like people write this stuff of their own volition no one's getting paid to write fan fiction um if you wanted like more of a high quality product like maybe go somewhere else question mark um this is supposed to be fun but like with this atmosphere it's kind of no wonder that like problematic things pop up. And like I don't wanna be the fun police and like barge into a community with all this history and like this hyper like accepting whatever and just be like, um, this is problematic. But like you said, like so Wattpad, the average age of like a Wattpad user is like 13, 14, and 13 year olds have like a ton of feelings about their favorite singer or like to TV show who see like the, the you know the bad boys actually just straight up abusive stories yeah. or like smut where the girl will come in two sentences. And this, like, might not be the best way for, like, kids to view relationships and their own sexuality. And, like, kind of like the same way that boys watching porn too young will, like, skew how they expect women to be treated and how they should behave in the real world and how, like, kink and consent and type of things Mm -hmm. are explored in porn. Kind of the same way, like, girls reading fan fiction too young will give them unrealistic expectations of how sex should be, how they should be, like, how forgiving they should be for the sake of, like, plot for the fan fiction a lot of times um just for the sake of drama um writers will just more like inexperienced writers will just throw out like genuinely horrible events and they just have to push through it um so that's super if you don't have like a like enough of an of a i guess critical eye to Mm -hmm. realize that this is just a story not to be taken literally as many teenagers
0: don't. Prefrontal cortex.
1: Literally, maybe super not good. So like you were saying, like I was just thinking of like the bad tropes I could think of in After and Fifty Shades of Grey off the top of my head. We've got stalking, disregarding consent, Anger issues, substance abuse issues, age gaps, like Mm -hmm. off-putting power dynamics, control issues, obsessive behaviors, threat of violence, emotional rampages, constant fighting, belittling, bullying. Like these are the most common characteristics of like the bad boy fics of which there are billions. And depending on the type of fanfic, like if they're like a mafia boss or like Draco Malfoy, then we could be talking actual murder also as well that is whatever and again I'm not about to say like just because you write something bad happening that means that you're romanticizing it not what I'm doing but fan fiction by its very nature is romanticizing so and again if you have either a reader who doesn't know that they're romanticizing terrible things or you have an audience that doesn't know that that's what you're doing it's just kind of like a it's a big no-no yeah that's kind of a recipe
0: for disaster these
1: are like tropes that bleed out into like real world ut-os. Uh, enemies to lovers, I get it, guys. Like it can be spicy to read, but the idea of enemies to lovers, we can't expect them to be a healthy. You can expect them to be fun to read. You can expect them to be interesting to read, but you cannot expect an enemies to lovers ship to be healthy. There are a couple exceptions. Like I think the She-Ra is a good e- exception. Um, Bridgerton season two is a good exception. Um, but usually enemies to lovers is just like, oh, so we're just going to forgive that. Mm-hmm. Oh, the the she fixes him bad boy fic uh tear of like the relentless pursuit mm. of like I know you said no but like did you say no yeah. and when he said no keep you... trying and then and then she's like wow I love your persistent nature ah like relationships fixing mental illness oh, another yeah. reason that, like I <laughs> really classic I really appreciate Heartstopper in that way honestly mm-hmm. is because like they have avoided doing that um by insinuating that like Charlie is still has several things that he needs to work on and just Mm -hmm. like they even they explicitly say and i hope they continue it in season two there's a line because um nick goes to his mom and he's just like i wish i could help like i don't know what i'm doing wrong and she's like love doesn't fix a mental illness you're doing everything you can but you're only 16 yeah and i'm just like "Oof, where was that when (laughs) where was that in the fan fiction that i was reading when i was 14 Where, where so many about Heartstopper? i'm like where were you when i needed you the most um Old man, young girl is stupidly popular in like more anime circles. But like, anytime you're thinking of like, it's either like an old man or like a theoretically old man, like a vampire, immortal oh, yeah. being, and like freshly nineteen year old icky. Yeah. Um, the trad wife epiphany, which is just like she had dreams and ambitions and goals, but then you know what? Actually, she decided that what she really wants is to. Be a stay-at-home mom, and we're not like I'm not saying that like just through the fanfiction ways she falling in love and getting a kid is the to wife epiphany. I'm thinking like her deciding to give up her career and to stay at home and just be a wife and 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 mother caretaker. Yeah, yeah, as like the happy ending that your like 14 year old author can think of off the top of their head. Yeah, bad news. Um, step siblings. Ooh, <laughs> it's as popular in fanfiction as it is in porn why God. society God. why <laughs> Ooh, it's like taboo because like their are parents but they're not and i'm like the door it's it's so fucking gross it's prison so time gross. Uh, a lot of times again like if you if you're young and you need to come up with like you need conflict but you can't think of anything cheating is yeah, an easy one yeah. um and if you still want your people to get together, cheating, forgiveness, working through cheating, um, back and forth cheating.
0: Yeah, and and it's never resolved in like healthy communication.
1: No, usually it's resolved in like revenge or yeah. like, and then he, they're like, oh, oops. He waits outside in the rain and like promises that he'll do better, and then ugh. yeah, bully ex-victim is what a lot of people think enemies to lovers is. This is where like the Draco Malfoy, Hermione Granger type of things, where I'm just like, yeah. In the show or, like, in the movie, like, this guy just made this person's life a living hell. But in fan fiction, what if that was, like, hot? And they're like, what if you just die uh, yeah. instead of doing that? I'm so against Hermione. This is me taking a firm stand against Hermione. Sorry, everybody. Um, but, yeah. And not to say, again, like, I'm just kind of thinking of, like, off the top of my head, the different, like, detriments that could happen when you're, like, you're exposed to exposed? Hello? (laughs) Exposed? Exposed to fan fiction, too young, eh? (laughs) And, like, I'm not saying you should lower your standards or, like, settle for less, because otherwise you'll be alone, but, like, as you've said earlier in, like, other episodes about this podcast, that, like, the internet, books, movies, fan fiction with their, like, perfect sex scenes and, like, larger-than-life soulmate destiny books about the most thoughtful, perfect love stories ever, it can kind of make you feel like you're being left out of something that's that wonderful. Mm -hmm. Or, like, so if you're alone, it could definitely, like, ease into your head that, like, you're never going to live a life, like, a love story that that's, that's that perfect because it's so idealized and so, like, romantic and beautiful. You're like, nothing can ever compete with that. Or if, like, you're in a relationship and you're just like, why, like... Why can't they ever be as perfect as they are in like the stuff that I read? It's like because because the, the, again, like I'm not I'm saying to like lower your standards because no human being could be that great. Not saying that, but I am saying that like fan fiction will definitely instill people with like a, like standards will be like all the way up here, and then if things aren't met, they will be disappointed. Same yeah. thing with like birthdays, like we were talking about in the couple episodes ago, where it's like if your standards are perfection that's not going to get met and a lot of fan fiction can be you know less the the good fan fiction out there the 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 fanfic that stick with us um can definitely give you this idea of like that you're missing out on like a soulmate once in a lifetime story Mm -hmm. and it's just not the case because that's fiction and it's just someone else's perfect idealized version of like romance so um yeah that's kind of where i got (laughs) where my realm took me um and again like we said like fan fiction is something where like an overwhelming majority of like writers and readers are women so there is this like reaction to just refer to fan fiction as stupid and like yeah it can be cringy formulaic problematic poorly written because as is the nature of like the internet at large you're like it could fucking suck it, it could, could be blow. the most piece of garbage <laughs> you've
0: ever read it could be
1: detrimental to society <laughs> it, it could make it so we don't live a better world for our kids when we leave but fandom can produce like the most beautiful like Haunting, yeah. well written, incredible works of art that deserve to be respected and seen for what they are, and they give that to us for free. Mm-hmm. Like no one, I'm sure Mick, I shouldn't say no one, but like no, like people don't go out and write like a Super Smash Bros. <laughs> fan fiction with seven million words because like Nintendo is paying them. Yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure Nintendo wants them to die. They did that because they cared, and they just have so much passion and love for that that they pour it out into works for free. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have fan fiction that sticks with me that I think about often that like, it was beautiful. Like I kind of want to buy all the other ghosts, the the Glee superhero, it's on hardback. I can buy it. it and its sequel, Gray. I can do it. Um, but yeah, it just, as bad as it is, and it is, there is an incredible like impressive history behind it. And it just kind of proves that like, the passion for some like you can get inspired by anything and that inspiration can take you down some like really communal spaces where you feel heard and you feel like you can explore some stuff or you feel like you can engage in the work on like a way deeper level than the original can provide for you and some people just take that into the ultimate like win Mm -hmm. and they they twist it and they like rename it and they publish it and they get famous off of it like 50 shades of gray is uh, the worst thing ever. But not because it's twilight fanfiction. Like I hate when people say that as like that's the gotcha. Yeah. We're like no, we can go on about the other ways that 50 shades of gray is the worst thing on the on the fucking planet without being like no, because it's twilight fanfiction and fanfiction is bad. Yeah. The kissing booth is awful for several reasons, but most of them is Joey
0: King's face. But <laughs> <laughs> not
1: because not because it directly came from Wattpad. Uh-huh. Like they just because something's fan fiction doesn't mean that it's automatically bad. In fact, like, some of the best things I've ever read just so happen to be fan fiction. My favorite book of all time, The Song of Achilles, is technically fan fiction of, um, like, The Fall of Troy mm-hmm. and, like, The Odyssey. Like, that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, with, with stuff like that, like, what, what even is the difference between something being just an adaptation of a work or fan fiction? Yeah. Um, depending on, the lines can get blurred depending on how well good the quality is and yeah lines to be blurred any flute that was
0: <laughs> um were you were you like a fan fiction author like did you ever write any yeah, yeah. um what's going to do it um so For
1: her birthday, my friend really wanted me to write her a Larry Stylinson fanfiction, which is Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson. I didn't ship them, but I knew she really cared about them. Uh And so I wrote her something for her birthday. But the problem was I got too deep into my own. AU. this is what I was happening. Like I was saying, I got too deep into it because the the premise was is that Louis Tomlinson, um, his old husband died. And so then like it's just him and a baby to take care of. And, like, he's given up on love, and but he's a teacher. And so you have, like, all these, like, little references. Like, I think Ed Sheeran was a teacher. And, like, Perry, which was Zane's girlfriend at the time, was also a teacher. And so he's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, and then they're just like, drop her off at daycare. And then Harry Styles is, like, the daycare teacher. And, like, he teaches his daughter to talk and walk. And- oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and they find love he's again. He's parenting his
0: child. <laughs>
1: Yeah. He's
0: stealing the child and taking it
1: across. <laughs> and <border>. Louie's heart. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wrote that. I wrote a cross slash fic with Luna Lovegood from the Harry Potter world and the 11th Doctor, so Matt Smith's mm. Doctor, oh my being God. each other's companions and going on adventures. Um, Matt
0: Smith interesting
1: I just thought that they were both that like whimsical like Matt Mm. Smith was not my favorite Mm. David Tennant was my favorite Mm. obviously but any idea that David Tennant would get with anyone other than Rose Tyler was (laughs) simply blasphemous and I won't hear anything else today otherwise um but yeah I I had no stake in like Matt Smith's doctor's romantic life and I thought that he and Luna had that like air of, of loopiness um all of my fics were so tragic I could not stop writing tragedy if my life depended on it. I was so emo. Um, I think I wrote I wrote a couple Klain fanfic. Usually I was a reader though. Yeah. I was obsessed with Glee fanfic. Occasionally, um uh Sherlock occasionally, but like people trying to write Sher like fourteen year old girls trying to write what they think Sherlock Holmes would say always fell flat to me.
0: Yeah. You could tell that that's they were, so fair.
1: They were trying their best to just like do like a st- grown british man and just like looking up thesaurus words for like idiot and i'm like i don't know about that one chief
0: yeah you i (laughs) so again i wasn't really a part of like the traditional fan fiction world me the thing is in middle school like me and my friends were obsessed with british youtubers Mm. so we would all write fan fictions and we would like write each other into the (laughs) fan fictions and it was like i don't know because for some reason it felt very cringy to like write a fan fiction like to write yourself into a fan fiction yeah and to be like the main like romantic lead or whatever so what we would do is like I would still be in the fanfiction that I wrote, but like my best friend was the romantic lead, and like I was writing about like her, and I, th- I think she was obsessed. She was into. It was Dan Orville. I can't remember which one. A very thing I'm not even gonna say like Fred. Really. No. <laughs> My favorite British YouTuber. Actually, I think, she, I think she loved both of them, and part of it was like they were fighting over her. <laughs> and, but then, like, she was like, honey, write those are fiction. gay. I know. Boys. I know. We did not know at the time. It was 2012. Um, but. Um, then she would write fan fiction about like me and like Finn Harry's and we, and we would like literally get together and like read each other's fan fiction. And then when I was in high school, me and my other friend, um, I actually rediscovered this last night because I logged back into my Wattpad to be like, what did I write? Like, what did I have? Mm -hmm. Um, it was the same thing where like she was writing fan fiction about me and, but the thing is it was like fan fiction about our high school. Like, it was, she wrote, oh, oh shit, sorry guys. Um, She wrote a fan fiction about me and the guy who went to our high school who I had a crush on. And then I wrote fan fiction about her and the guy who she had a crush on at our high school. So it was like about, it was like fan fiction about the school that we went to. And it even had like, it had like teachers in there who like were actual teachers there. It was like this whole thing. But yeah, it was very like... I don't know. Does that even count as fan fiction? It felt like fan fiction. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. But it was like about like us and like our real lives, and then the one about yeah. the YouTubers, it was like we were going to Playlist Live or like something like that, and we were we were also famous YouTubers, and like they were pining after us. Yeah, that was like that was the type of content that. like, I, I mean, made. I think
1: like the writing fan like erotic friend fiction is just as much fan fiction as yeah. the kissing booth is fan fiction. Yeah. At that point, it's just wattpad fiction yes but that still go- goes under the same umbrella i was going to bring this up but i just had no like reasoning for it so i'm just gonna tack this on here at the very end but it is a weird phenomenon where like um straight fanfics tend to be the cringiest ones because those are written by like actual teenagers who like have whatever and i noticed that like there's so much gay fanfiction out there presume like written by and for women mm-hmm. um which i always i don't know what that means even like again like the 60s where like women were writing kurt and spock fan fiction smut
0: mm-hmm.
1: not for men don't know what's up with that it's it, like i think we tried to briefly touch on it in like the stan episode where they're just like like some fans will just like vehemently want their favorite celebrity to be gay because yeah. like it means that like it's just easier to like whoopify them that way and to like demasculate them in their mind mm-hmm. depending on how they view gay relationships and
0: well I actually i I'm like now that you said that, I'm kind of thinking I'm like maybe it's because especially in a show like star trek like they're obviously focusing so much more on like the male characters Mm. and like the male leads so maybe it's simply just because there is more like tension and there is more like content to work off that is a
1: good point that is a good fucking Mm -hmm. point i noticed that too Where like so many male characters are allowed to be like these hyper complex like beings and then like the female characters just simply aren't given as much so like fan fiction writers may not just be, like, that inspired to do that. Because there's not
0: as much to work off of. Yeah,
1: and also, like, um, there's a comic that I saw, and, like, it kind of broke my heart. It was a um, comic about, like, a father and a son walking in, like, a pride parade, and they were just like, Daddy, what does this mean? And it means means they love each other. Mm -hmm. Where it's, like, um, despite of everything, and it's like, then they must love each other the most. Yeah. Because they're willing to, like, suffer through, like, prejudices and and trials, so their love must be really important to them. Yeah. Like, a lot of straight couples or, like, straight relationships are just so fucking half-assed that, like, um, either they are explicitly gay, in which point they have to be, like, the best, like, well-written to, like, justify, quote-unquote, to, like, the homophobic bastards. They're like, why can't they just be friends? Like, they have to have, like, the most tender, perfect relationship Mm -hmm. in order to, like, justify to homophobes why they are gay in the first place. Or, like, um some readers will just, like, or, like, viewers will see this relationship that they think should be gay because they're so kind, but, like, it's only through, like, some sort of barrier that they're not confirmed, so, like, that's when they take matters in their own hands, because if they were straight, they wouldn't have to write fan fiction about it, they would just be on the screen.
0: And in a way, it's kind of, like, more romantic, too, because it's, like, they're, quote-unquote, like, not supposed to be together, because media during that time, like, obviously wasn't portraying that mm-hmm. so then it's like more romantic in that way where it's like despite all of it like they still end up together and they still like love each other
1: mm-hmm. I will say though fan fiction does have a weird relationship with lesbians like it isn't nearly because again like a lot of women are behind this and mm-hmm. I think are behind this like I pull <laughs> like at Scooby-Doo and I pull off their mask and like women are behind this um kind of like this movement and I noticed that like so t- 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 not st- statistically, there are, like, eons more gay ships in fan than yeah. there are, like, lesbian ships. And I think just, like, straight women just kind of, they're that's not that's not for them. Yeah. Um. And, again, like, gay ships, gay roommates are just so far removed that they can focus on, like, the romance part and the sex part, like, in this, like, checkout. Like, it, yeah. they can think like, it's hot, but, like, they don't have to, you know? It's not. Yeah. N- no women were involved in the making of this come. Oh my, god. oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!
0: Oh my god! I apologize. No, I don't know. I I don't know what I was expecting you to say, but it was not that. I wasn't expecting me to say that either. That was fucking awful. Oh my god! No, that was hilarious. um No women were involved in the making of this gum. <laughs> That's going to be the episode title. <laughs> yes, please, no. <laughs> no one will know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, well, I Ooh. think we're going to end it there. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I think that's it. Um, <laughs> Inside your walls. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> We are in the microchip implanted <laughs> in your brain. In the vaccine. In the vaccine. <laughs> um, yes, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. This was a fun episode. This mm-hmm. was a really it like didn't go where I was expecting it to go, but I Near and dear to me. Yeah. Read fanfiction, you
1: guys. If you can like look deep inside your brain, right? What what TV show, movie? Um, Youtubers, mm-hmm. boy bands, like what do you care about deeply that you may have had merch about, right? And just go on A O three and just Google it and just search them up and click on the first story that you see that you think the tag because they'll tell you everything they wanted to name the tags and see where it takes you. It's honestly very fun mm-hmm. and sometimes you just need like like yeah, is it good for me? Should I probably no? no.
0: It's like it, it's junk food. Yeah, you know? it, it's like reality TV. Exactly. Like I know. It is such garbage, (laughs) but it is such a pure form of escapism Mm -hmm. where, like, you can just, like, be enwrapped in this world and in these characters and, like, you know it's silly and, like, you know that, like, other people probably think it's stupid. But, like, that's kind of what makes it fun Mm -hmm. because you can just, like, make fun of it. I think in that way so yeah. it's like when cringy stuff or like if cringy stuff like does kind of happen you're like oh my god do like, not
1: kill the part of you that is cringe kill the part of you that
0: cringes <gasps> and you will wow. be a happier person oh my god such, i'm gonna pretend that came up with that. such words of wisdom um all right thank you guys bye, bye. <laughs>